Hey, 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 this is Evolve Women's MMA. I'm your host, Shelly Devine. So today, I have a very special guest who has tried out for, most recently, the Tough 28, or the Ultimate Fighter Show, for some of you who might not know what that is. And uh, she's also been called out by Chris Cyborg, the UFC featherweight champ. I'd like to welcome Pam Bam Sorensen. Hey, so welcome, Pam. Welcome to the show. How Thank you. you. You just got back from training. Yes, I did. <laughs> just got in from the gym. So what was your, what was your training like th- this afternoon? It was good. I just uh, woke up and um, went and did some nogi and then went for a run. How long did you run? Just a couple miles. I do about 4K, 4 or 5K in the morning. Just a couple miles. <laughs> do you do yeah. every day? <laughs> uh, usually I do a couple times a day. Oh, a couple times. So it's, it's traditional Thai style training then. Because I understand you do a little Muay Thai. Yes, I, like, I started off in Muay Thai, so... Awesome. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, I saw, on, I don't know where I read it, but you, you ha- have a, a dog. Is that correct? <laughs> I have three dogs. You have three dogs. So it's yep. not just one dog you dress up. You dress up three dogs? Well, the big one, Tank, does not tolerate being dressed up. He just immediately takes it off, and so that, that's no fun. Um, and then when... Uh, the little one, the Doxy, she loves to be dressed up. She, like, parades around, and she has fun with it. And then we have a Whippet that's still a puppy, so oh. she tries to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes, but you have to be careful because she'll literally eat the, whatever you put on her. Oh, my word. That sounds adorable, though. What do you dress them up as or try to? Well, Doxy ran for president. She unfortunately did not win, but she tried. Ah. She up as Batman and a football player, a witch. I think she has a Superman outfit, and then she has like her winter sweaters and jackets and her little booties. And oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, you're in Michigan. Are you in Michigan or where are you? I'm, I'm sorry. Minnesota. Minnesota. So it gets cold there. <laughs> yeah. So she um, she would much rather pee in the house when it's cold than to go outside. So the booties aren't just for dress up. They they keep her from peeing in the house. Oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, so That's such a cute little hobby. Yeah. Um, you know, not everybody appreciates it, but I like, you know, I'm a dog person. I'm a crazy dog lady. I could invent it. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so um, you just got back recently from trying out, you were in Vegas, right? Yeah. And you were trying out for the ultimate fighter show. I guess it's the 20, is it 28? Yeah. 28 tryouts. And um, how was that? It was really good. It was a really good experience. I was um, I was pleasantly surprised by the number of women that tried out. Um, so now when they're saying, there's no featherweights out there, we can't find any featherweights who want to compete. Bullshit, there's not. You just had 30-plus uh, women there to try out. And, I mean, not all of them were true featherweights. Some of them had fought as low as 115. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
they're willing to go up a bit. Sure. Um, and, you know, some of them were legit 45ers. So, I don't know. It was really cool. And they were actually, uh, most of them were genuinely good people. And that, that's what I like about sometimes. It's funny because me and one of the other girls were um, talking about the difference between some of the bigger girls versus, like, the atom weights and the straw weights when you watch them on the on the show. It was like, dang, they're, like, catty and kind of don't get along and like all the featherweights I felt like we all got along we all kind of like hung out together and they're all really good people yeah so did you know any of the women that were out there or or was it you know I mean did you was it just everybody was new to you or did you know some of the uh the other fighters some of them I just talked to online like Cindy Dandois on um, like Penny Kianzad uh Faith Van Doon like we had all kind of like chatted online um Mostly because we all fought for Invicta. Mm -hmm. um, and then Caitlin Young was out there. Uh, she's from the gym just down the road from me in Minnesota. So I know her. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the other girls were new. New ones. So, and they anyways. were from all over the country or, or world? They, they were from all over the world. There was, well, Faith is from um, New Zealand. We had Cindy from Belgium. We had, her name was Zara. I can't remember her last name, but she, I believe she was from France. We had a girl from Sweden, um, a couple girls from Brazil. Yeah, they were from all over. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great to hear because that division mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, creeping along and, yeah. and uh, you know, everybody's kind of wondering how it's going to go. And I, uh, I mean, I know Chris Cyborg kind of called you out at the beginning of the year and, um, I mean, you are, you know, you're the next one probably to come up, uh, for a 145 in the 145 pound division. And, and, um, how did that make you? <laughs> you must have been like, Shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was surprised, but that, that's not a fight I would turn down. Um, yeah. And it's, it's weird. Cause before when I watched Chris Cyborg, I was like, she just hits really hard. She's kind of wild and crazy, but she comes at you and she knows when she connects, she's probably going to put you down. Yeah. And she's kind of, <laughs> yeah I'd be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but now it actually seems like it would be like, I, I want to say like a more fun fight because she evolved. She's more patient. She's more technical. And you can actually like have a fight instead of some, crazy brawl that lord only knows what's gonna happen i mean some people like watching that but mm -hmm. i don't know that's a fight i definitely want before she retires and before i retire sure um, so and, and that would that be a great fight it would be a great fight for you for sure but i know like um being called out you know a little bit saying that would be the next in line uh that's you know it's a compliment to you of course and and um but it's also, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm here right now and I haven't even gotten in there yet. Or, you know, yeah. like a little of, you know, would you want to take a, a, maybe another fight before that? <laughs> you know, like fight somebody else in, in that division before, you know, in the UFC before, you know, kind of going right to Chris. I mean, I would absolutely prefer to have a, another fight or even two fights before that. But we, she only has two fights left on her contract, and I would assume she's going to fight the winner of Cyborg versus Holm. Mm -hmm. And then if she fights Nunes or whoever wins the show, mm -hmm. you just never know. So I would take it whenever it presented itself, but, I mean, 
in a perfect world, I would have at least one fight in the UFC before taking that fight. Sure. So let's just go back a little bit. Um, how did you get into MMA in, in training or martial arts? Um, it was actually, it was really weird. So I had been an athlete my whole life growing up. I played soccer, volleyball, um, then I cross-country skied and cross-country ran. Um, and then after high school, um, you know, I went off to college and I gained, gained a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I took a few more years and then I was just starting to get back into stuff. And then I had a bunch of stuff in my life go weird. Like I had a really horrible breakup with a boyfriend and then I had a friend and my roommate suddenly just pass away. Yeah, uh, I heard that, and um, I I'm sorry. I mean that that's that's a shock when you're in your twenties. Yeah, I mean she was really young, and it was like, and it happened on my birthday. So like on my twenty, no. yeah. So my twenty sixth birthday, she had sent me a text and said happy birthday, and I was talking to my grandma on the phone, and literally a half an hour later, I went upstairs and she was on the kitchen floor, just and she was gone. What what happened? They don't, they don't know. They just said that, yeah, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> it's so scary. She just kind of, cause she had, um, did she have something like some sort of, you know, chronic or some sort of disease or something? Yeah. Well, a while ago, a while before this happened, um, like she would go outside and take her dog for walks and she didn't sweat at all. Mm. And like she would overheat. And I know at one point she overheated she passed out and hit her head on the, on the oh. step concrete yeah. step outside and then she had issues after that yeah and so i mean it could have been a seizure or something but they were never able to give a definitive answer of what happened wow so, so that that was a major i mean you had obviously your boyfriend breaking up your a good friend of yours passing away that that's a huge turning point that's very like oh life changing experiences yeah. right and- yeah, and that was within five days of each other. So I was like, oh. well, <laughs> this really sucks. Um, so, yeah, I spent, I think, because I came back to, with my parents. They didn't want to continue to stay where all that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think I spent, like, probably a solid month, month and a half of doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and mm. I just kind of felt sorry for myself and... I think I, um, at my heaviest, that was probably about 215 pounds. Oh, wow. So, so and after a while, I was like, all right, this is getting a, a little ridiculous, and I probably need to, like, get back to work, get back to working out and being mm-hmm. a productive human being. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of looking for a different way to start working out, and I was like, well, cardio kickboxing sounds kind of fun. That's how and it was, started. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Yeah, well, it was really fun because um, I, I contacted – it was weird because, like, I contacted uh, the first gym that popped up on a Google search, and it's the gym that I'm still at now, um, the Cellar Gym in Minneapolis. And we just um, – I walked in for my first class. I, like, had a great time. And I was like, I think this is – I think I want to do this. And I signed up right there. Good. And then a couple months later, they brought in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And I was like, whoa, maybe – maybe I can do jujitsu. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and then I started doing jujitsu and competing in um, grappling tournaments. And then I don't even know how it came about, but I was like, I think I, I think I want to try doing an MMA fight and like putting everything together. And 
and yeah, it just kind of went from there. It just kind of happened by chance. And and you just kind of have been on the wave ever since you started. It sounds yeah. like, you know, it's just yeah. one thing is progressively led to the next. Do you, um, do you feel like this is something, you know, that you would have gravitated to even without that kind of, you know, that stuff happening, you know, that, that turning point? Or do you think maybe you, you might not have even found it? I might not have even found it. I mean, I, I mean, everybody changes a lot in their 20s, especially their early to mid-20s. And I feel like that kind of, um, I feel like everything I went to, it, it made me a different person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to say it made me a better, per, like, a better person per se, but it did. Like, I learned a lot from it, and I, I kind of learned what was important to me like my family and my close friends. Um, mm. And yeah, I don't, I don't think I would have stumbled into an MMA gym if that had not happened. Yeah. It really kind of fine tunes you, doesn't it? Cause you like, you're like, Oh, well, this is really what's important to me now. Uh, mm-hmm. These are the people that matter. These are the people that are around after yeah. a traumatic kind of situation that they're the ones that are standing by me and these other yeah. people are not you know so yeah and kind of along with that like even before like before that all happened I was never like I wasn't a huge partier but I kind of learned like who my real friends were mm-hmm. and I was like you know I probably don't need to go out with them I don't need to make time for them because when I was going through probably the worst time of my life they were just kind of like well we'll be at the bar if you want to come like no I don't want to go to the bar yeah. <laughs> oh man <laughs> so I kind of learned like who's really there for me and who's not. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, I can see how that, I mean, I've, I've lost people in my life, so I can totally empathize and I lost them young. I think when you lose um, friends or family at a very young age, it, it changes your perspective on, mm-hmm. on life and you, you end up being um, kind of like, uh, all right, more in the moment, yeah. You know, and, and then you're not really thinking too much, which you have to. You, I've lived and learned. You do have to think about your future. But, but at that time, in my early 20s, I, I was like, no, I'm going to kind of be in the moment and live in the moment, yeah. things in the moment. And I think fighting may, may um, be that kind of uh, thing, you know, where you can just go and, and then you can go and, and, and now you can train and you can fight. Actually, there's, there's a platform where you can go and, and -hmm. actually have a live fight, which is kind of cool, which, you know, wasn't available when I was growing up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you guys, you must be like, did you ever watch any of like, um, the ultimate fighter shows prior to, uh, you know, training? No, I mean, honestly, before, before I walked into that gym, I didn't even know what MMA was. I mean, if you look back seven years ago, if you had mentioned Gina Carano or Ronda Rousey or John Jones or anybody, I'd have been like, who's that? Like, I had no clue. Yeah. And then once you started training, were you like when you saw them or were you inspired by them and and then just said, oh, I want to do this. Like, I want to, what sparked to get into the cage? (laughs) and I I kind of, like I had some teammates, um, I don't know that I was just really kind of, they, I saw how hard they work. I I saw the fun that they had and everything that they, and all the training they went through. And I was like, um, I don't know, like I can do that. This looks like something that I can do. And Mm. I, that, and I'm always really competitive. So like, if I'm going to do something, I want to be good at it. I want to be 
not even just good at it. I want to be great at it. Right. That's good. That's a, That's an awesome quality. So I got to ask just because, um, you know, getting into martial arts, into MMA in particular and training, say Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and training Muay Thai kickboxing, you know, what was the first time like that you actually got punched in the face and it, you didn't like be like, you know what, I'm going to stop this <laughs> or you decided because it, it's usually a breaking point for people. What was your like thought when, I mean, you must've gotten punched in the face at the gym. So it's yeah. like, what, what was that kind of experience for you? Um, it really didn't bother me. It didn't shake me at all. Um, when I first started out, I was very much, um, <clears throat> I would say I was kind of like trying to spar Frankenstein. I would just be like, well, you know, whatever I'll take whatever. <laughs> I would just like walk forward and be eating punches and uh-huh. yeah, it just never really bothered me all that much. <laughs> That's, so it is it, it then i'm just gonna say it's official because it's like i'm I'm the same way it's like oh you know i mean i've gotten punched in the face a few times but not not too much but um you just kind of like yeah okay move forward you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep going at them yeah. like, you threw one i'm gonna throw one but yeah i think it's the people stuff. that get in their heads like don't if you don't think it's a big deal it's not gonna be a big deal and yeah yeah, I think it's a different mindset for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when you discovered that about yourself, were you surprised? Uh, yeah, actually. I mean, I was really nervous after I was finally given the okay to spar, like my first day. I was like, I wonder how this is going to go. Like, are they just going to beat the crap out of me? <laughs> or like, but, but yeah, I went in there and I was like, hey, I don't, I don't completely suck. And like, I'm not a big baby and you know, <laughs> yeah. So you're a Brazilian jujitsu brown belt? Yes. You are. Wow. Yes. How long have you been training in, in that? Um, about six years. Awesome. And, um, and then Muay Thai, what's, what's your background in Muay Thai kickboxing? Um, like the, the ranking? Yeah, have you been ranked? I mean, they might not have the ranking. I, I mean, I, I get that, but have have you had many Muay Thai fights? I did see one which we're going to talk about, but have you? Had- <laughs> um, as an amateur, I did have quite a few Muay Thai fights. I competed in a few tournaments. Um, then I've had two professional Muay Thai fights, and then we we do have a ranking system. So I am like a a brown belt in Muay Thai, but mm-hmm. it's. It's hard to, <laughs> most no, places don't, don't rank Muay Thai. So. Right, they don't. I mean, there, there isn't really anything official to get them on call. Uh, there, there is something coming soon, but um, uh, one of the camps out of Thailand who's here in Boston will be actually setting up um, some ranking that will be, hopefully will go global. So there will be that, which is about time because nobody's done it and they're a very notable uh, Muay Thai Academy. But anyways, aside from that, um, I noticed online that you um, actually had a Muay Thai fight. I think was it last year? Or maybe it was in 2016 against uh, Caitlin Young. Yes, and that was <laughs> so. I took that one. It was like you a, are like yeah, brave girl. <laughs> yeah, and I had always just really admired Caitlin. I had just turned pro. Um, that was just a really weird circumstance because um, I took it the night before weigh-ins. Uh, I took it because 
I knew about a week before mm. her opponent got injured or something and I had to pull out. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin, as always, had sold a crap ton of tickets. Sure. Um, and then somebody else took the fight who, uh, I don't want to name names, but she was out at Tough Tryouts this last time. Oh, wow. Uh, and she had to pull out because her probation officer found out she was going to leave the state. Get out! She's got a probation officer! Oh, man! I'm like, who is this? you got to tell me after this. But, yeah, so her opponent had to pull out the, the night before weigh-ins because she couldn't leave the state. <laughs> so, like, oh, they're like, girl. yeah, so they're like, is there any chance that you want to take this fight? Um, cause, you know, Caitlin sold it. She's our main event. She sold a bunch of tickets, and... Oh, and, you know, I love Caitlin, and I was training for, um, I think, like, my se- either my second or my third uh, MMA fight anyways. Yeah. I was like, well. It's a whole different game getting in there, doing Muay Thai. Yeah. So the knees I looked decided- brutal. <laughs> huh? The knees looked brutal. Yeah, they were, but yeah. it, was still, it was a good learning experience, so. What was your takeaway from that type of stand-up? Um. I don't know. I think even at that point, there's not, I'm normally pretty good about not getting in my own head in fights. I just kind of go out there and do my own thing, Mm -hmm. but it was somebody I really looked up to and uh, I didn't stick to my game plan. So that, you know, I kind of learned at that point, like you stick to your own game plan. You don't have to stand there and do their style. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Caitlin and I do have, I mean, we're both have Muay Thai backgrounds, but we have different styles of Muay Thai. Yeah. She's more the the traditional mart like doing the Thai march and I I move a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, she's just, you know, she's standing there, so I'm going to stand there too. And like <laughs> So yeah, I kind of learned that you have you have to play your own game and kind of not get in your own head. Yeah. It is different. I mean, you know, I mean a lot of other uh fighters that have come up uh, pre uh women's MMA say uh that used to fight um uh, definitely have completely different games that, you know, transitioned into the MMA game. But um, it's, it's fascinating to watch stand strictly stand up and strictly, you know, ground, a ground game, which you mm-hmm. you've also competed recently too. Didn't, didn't you for like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu in some sort of tournament? Did you? No, not, not in a while. Um, I am tentatively scheduled to do the fight to win pro uh, at the end of June. Okay. Um, it, that all depends on whether I make it into the tough house or not, mm. which we, we won't find out until probably the last minute. <laughs> so that's a, probably another two weeks away or. Yeah, I, they said, so it's been about a week and a half and they said it would be about two weeks, maybe three weeks. As I think, I think the issue is getting all the background checks on the international fighters. Mm-hmm. I've heard, especially Brazilians, it's really hard to get their official background checks in so you think yeah. they'd have that figured out by now it's only been how many years <laughs> you know, yeah since they've been yeah I know they um <laughs> i know they said the international fighters were supposed to provide their own or have their sent in ahead of time but i i've just heard we had so our first jujitsu instructor was from brazil and i think he they said that he was applying for like his permit to carry or something and they they couldn't get his background check from Brazil. Oh. So, uh, 
It makes it rough, you know, like uh, as you're as you're waiting because it kind of puts you a little bit on hold. I know in the last few years you you've been on quite the uh, the fight, you know, streak. Um, you, you're seven and two, so you you you're coming off of two wins, but you've been progressive. Like say in 2016, I think you had three fights or four fights, and then you had three fights maybe last year. And this mm-hmm. year there hasn't been anything on the. Yeah. Now, like, and it's it, it. Once you start winning, it's like uh, people don't want to fight you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Decent record, yeah. Then they're like, no, I don't think I want to. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's beyond frustrating because there's not that many of us that have, um, even more than five pro fights. And sometimes, like, there is a a gal who's looking for a fight at a catchweight at 140, and she's like six and one, and I was. Like, oh, me, I'll do it. I can, I can make 140. And they were like, no, you have too much experience for her. Like, what? I have two more fights than her. What? So is it so, is it their management company that is 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 saying no? Or, you know, is it probably there? But it's probably both the management and the promoter. I mean, because you think a hometown girl, they don't want to bring somebody in to beat up the hometown girl. So... They're, they want to bring somebody in to kind of feed to the ticket seller. All about the money. <laughs> yeah. All about the money. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's kind of, it, it, that is annoying that that still is kind of the case because it makes it hard for you to earn a living in this. Do you do something yeah. else on the side, you know, to supplement your, your lifestyle as a fighter? Yeah, I um I work as a bouncer at a bar on the weekends. Oh, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's um uh, <laughs> it's made me a little more patient with people. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so, did was that like gig offered to you or did you go out and seek it? Um, it was offered to me um Cause I, so I used to have a regular job. I used to manage, um, a retail pharmacy chain. Mm-hmm. And then I was, they did some restructuring of management and stuff. They're like, Hey, you can either step down cause your position's no longer going to be in existence. You can either step down and take this pay cut or you can choose to be laid off. And at that point I, I was just about to go pro and I was like, Hey, I'll take the severance package. I'll leave. <laughs> And so uh, I told us to train, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's, it's worked out. Okay. So far. Um, but you know, the, it's still just like one lump check that they give you. And so I was kind of like, Oh, you know, I, I needed something else. And one of my friends was like, Hey, I work security at a bar. Do you want to come try that out? And I was like, no. Oh, sure. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's a fun gig too for, you know, like if you're, you can work at night and then you can get up and train during the day. Right. Yeah. So it makes it yeah. good. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, what are some of your goals uh, for the next three years, personal or business-wise? Um, well, I definitely want to um, be in the UFC in the, within the next three years. So, And I don't want to just make it in there. I want to, I want to make it and I want to be successful. I, want to, I don't want to be one of those people who's like, well, I'm here. But that's that's my end goal because that's not the end goal. The end goal is to get in there and do well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's the main goal. That and to keep my dogs happy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like a, a good idea for career-wise and, and um, you know, staying in it um, for the long, long haul. Um, what, what most fighters I'm finding, you know, that they're not even thinking about, they're thinking about getting in there, but then too, what comes after, like say, as they, um, get a little older, say closer into their forties, it's like, and then, you know, maybe you're, you're not getting the fights anymore. What, you know, you love the sport. Is there something else that, you know, you could propel yourself and just even think beyond that, um, other than getting into the hall of fame, but like, is there other things that might interest you too further down the road? Um, like, af like after I'm not able to um, fight anymore, I would say it's a, maybe I would want to go into coaching or, or teaching. I don't know. Um, I've definitely thought about going back to school. Because um, I originally started off going to school uh, I did all my pre-pharmacy work and I was planning on going to pharmacy school and that never happened. <laughs> uh -huh. So I, I'm, I've always kind of been like regretted that a little bit. So I've kind of thought like, well, you know, they, they give special kind of admission points for uh, non-traditional students. Mm -hmm. So like maybe it'll make it easier if I wait till I'm a bit older. <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, you, then you get this out of your system too, while you're young, you know, I yeah. mean, that's kind of, I, I think that's a little bit of the, the, um, the career path Ronda Rousey took is, you know, she went into the UFC and she made a ton of money and now she's doing WWE and who knows where it'll go after that, but she's just kind of, you know, I, I suppose at some point she's going to do all she can with WWE and then she's going to settle down and have a family and then, you know, who knows what else afterwards. Get it all out of the way when you're young, right? Yeah, that, that'll definitely be interesting. Um, I kind of want to see where she's going to end up going. Yeah. <laughs> she seems, just from like a couple of interviews of hers that I watched, it definitely seems like she wants to have a family. Yeah. And, and taking the time out for that and kind of getting some of, I mean, I know like as a, as a woman, you know, earlier on, this is part of, you know, the women's MMA evolution is in the, the earlier years, there are other fighters and there weren't the opportunities that say you even have, but you're still kind of struggling, you're struggling still. I mean, your hope mm -hmm. is to get into the UFC, which is probably, I mean, I can't imagine them not picking you. I, you know, yeah. like there's just so much talk and so much, um, you know, light around you since uh, the beginning of the year. And um, they'd be crazy not to have you on the show. That's my opinion. And I'm sure that's a lot of other people's opinions. <laughs> and and it'll, it'll give you, you know, a great opportunity you know, to, to perform and to have some fights and for people to get to know you. So it is going to put you on that platform, that stage, if you will. And, and to be in the public eye even more so than say even Invicta because Invicta is the, you know, that's a great promotion to get onto. It's awesome. They, they've done such an amazing job with uh, developing the women's uh, divisions and, and building that. So the UFC has taken notice and, and, and then, you know, farming, farming the girls to come up, the women to come up to fight. So yeah, exactly. You know, I think Invicta showed the UFC that, hey, people, people want to see women fight. People like watching women's fights. They, and like when the girls fight, they bring it. They don't, I mean, you watch a, 
people talk about how exciting heavyweights are to watch. Mm. They're exciting for about a minute. Mm. And then Unless they there's a knockout. <laughs> Unless yeah. there's a knockout. That's and all we're waiting for. <laughs> yeah. And they lay on each other or they lean on each other against the mm. fence. And it's like, this is exciting. And the, the women can bring it for all of 15 or 25 minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you have a story in your fight career where you had an aha moment um, or a realization like just something that kind of like, oh, wow, I had no idea about that. And, you're, you know, the light bulb went on. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's something that's not really like fight, fight related, but, it, but it's like fight game related where um, I think so many people put uh, faith into promoters. Like, oh, this promoter's always asking me to be on their show. They really like me. They're out for my best interests. And that's not the case. <laughs> and I think it's, when people finally realize that, you know, when somebody's asking them to take a short notice fight uh, because they sell tickets, even though it's a weight class higher or a weight class lower than they're used to fighting. Um, you know, because I had a, a local promoter do both that, and then there was another fight that I was supposed to take out in Massachusetts. I took it on, like, a, a week's notice. I already had all my medicals up to date, and, or so I thought. Mm. And then day before I was supposed to fly out, the promoter was like, oh, well, we need an EKG too. And I was like, well, my insurance isn't going to cover that without a referral. Like that takes time. I can't just walk I'm into a surprised they, they, they sprung that on you at the last minute. That's an, that's a, a, a known thing in this state, you know, in Massachusetts that you have to do. That's been for years. So why they didn't put that up front. Yeah. Is... I don't know if they just thought it was, because I'm assuming out on the East Coast, maybe mm -hmm. it's normal, but it's not here. We, we don't, we don't need it anywhere around here. I fought out, like I had fought in a couple other states before and, and I had fought in Canada and I'd never needed one. So I had no idea that that wasn't even a possibility. And then the, the promoter was like, well, you just walk into an ER and tell them that you need an EKG. Mm. Oh, that won't cost a couple grand <laughs> like, yeah, right. for an amateur fight. Yeah. Hey, I'm not, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not made of money. I can't do that. And yeah. I kind of realized, like, I think she was hoping there are so many fighters that'll just say like, oh, okay, well, this is what they told me to do. And I was like, no, no, that doesn't sound like a good idea. And that's. Yeah, no. So what, were, what was your takeaway when, when you learned that? Like, what did, how do you, how did you proceed after that? Like with, you know, say promotion companies, that you were, you know, that, that were asking you to fight? How do, how do you uh, negotiate now when you go oh. in to get a fight? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you tough woman, you. <laughs> well, especially um, any fights I'm offered, I've never taken a fight on, out on the East Coast ever since. I know that sometimes they require extra blood work to do and mm. possibly even like a brain scan. And now that's almost always my first question. Like if I see a fight that I'm interested in, that's like one of my first questions. It's not just like, how much am I going to get paid? And what are, and how, are you paying for me to fly out there? It's like, okay, what medicals do I need? What, exact, what specific medicals? I like, what tests do I need? What blood work do I need? Don't just tell me any blood work because if it's 12 different tests, I want to know. Um, I've just learned to be very specific in your questions to make sure that, um, if they leave something out on purpose, you can be like, no, I specifically asked you, like, you didn't, you didn't answer my question. <laughs>
<laughs> well, you had you had some some challenges cutting weight and maybe settling into the right uh, weight class. So, I mean, how was that when you you know when you didn't make weight? Um, you know, when you were going into the fights, I, there was a, f- a couple of them that you had challenges with. How how have you um, you know what would you tell people you know now like coming out of that and learning what you have and now that you're able to be on weight and what you've done to change that. So you are able to be on weight. Well, first I started, um, I finally hooked up with a nutritionist. So he went from, now he tells me what I can eat and what I can't eat. Well, not so much what I can and can't. I have certain numbers that I'm supposed to hit. I like track what I eat. Um, and then he also tells me what I can eat, like the, the week of the fight. But I think the most important thing was, so my first four, four or five fights and um, as a professional, they were pretty close together and they were all at 135. And 135 has always been a really, really hard cut for me. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I cut down to 35, after every fight, I would bounce back a little bit heavier and a little bit heavier. And it got a little bit harder to get down the next time. Mm. And I think with my Invicta debut, it was just not happening. <laughs> it was like I fought a couple months before that. And I just, it's so weird because, um, and I talked to some other women and they say the same thing that after a fight, like their, their ankles swell up, their feet swell up. And it's like, my shoes didn't even fit. Wow. <laughs> feet wow. were so thin and it's like, it's not weight, weight I put on. I just retain so much water and then it's. Yeah hard to get rid of and the edema yes wow I had no idea that you would have edema after a weight cut I didn't know that that's very interesting huh Uh, and even and it could be that I'm getting older too Mm because even now um I went and see I drove down to Kansas City to see uh, my aunt and Mm -hmm. even just driving down there I was like oh my legs are swollen now that this has never happened before so it must be the the choice of being over 30 I don't know. I'm like, that's, that's interesting. I don't know what the physiological, uh, you know, uh, thing that happens in the body that would cause that. Uh, but what, what's your, if you don't mind me asking, what's your typical walk around weight that, that you're cutting from? Um, well, before a fight, I would say like fight week, if I'm cutting down to 45, I'd like to be about probably 55 to 60 at the very heaviest. Yeah. So you, you walk around around, probably around 160 normally, and then you're cutting down 15 or so pounds, which is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot in a week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Part of it is um, like, I usually start my water load about two weeks, a week and a half to two weeks out. So I do get a little bit heavier. So yeah, I don't know. I I just do what I'm told. Yeah, you're, you're doing the training. Just somebody help me out here because I can't think about all this. I'm too busy learning, you know, the, the fight game, right? Yeah, well, and I've kind of figured out that I need to stop thinking so much and just trust my my team and do what I'm told and not question. Yeah, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of stress off if you're just like, well, all right, whatever, this is what I'm doing. So what are, the, what are some personal habits that are unique? yours or a daily routine that contributes to the success that you've had um I think I think the fact that I actually enjoy doing cardio um 
it's hard to say, but if you if you watch my fights, whether they were three rounds or five rounds, I I don't get tired. I usually and I usually start off a bit slower and I finish really really strong, even if it's a twenty five minute fight. And I think part of that is because, well, the dogs, <laughs> especially the, the little whippet puppy we have, and when the, our lab was a little bit younger, it was like, geez, this dog is gonna destroy the house unless I go out and take him for a run, and I. It makes me happy when I see them happy. So, you know, if I go out for two or three runs a day, it's, I like doing it. That's and I awesome. think, and I think that's where a lot of fighters struggle is I think they cardio is more of a chore to them or for me fun. Well, you have the dogs with you. You did you do a few marathons early, like earlier in your younger you know, years or something. Did I see that someplace? Did you run a marathon or something? Yeah, I've run Twin Cities Marathon. It's um the biggest marathon here in Minnesota. Wow. I've run I think three times three or four times. Um, but I have since been banned from my coach from running that long of a distance. Is uh one thing that we really, really struggled with when I first started was I would it wasn't just that I wasn't getting tired in fights, it's I was pacing myself because I didn't want to be tired because like I was used to having to pace myself being like, okay, I'm going to have to run for four and a half or five hours. I can't mm -hmm. tire myself out right away. He's like, it was translating over to my fights where I'd be like, okay, we're going to go really slow. And that would be the, the whole fight. Hmm. Didn't Tanya Avenger give you a little advice on that at some point? Yeah, she did. She had told me after, um, I think it was after the Gomes fight. And she said, you know, you have to stop fighting to um to not lose and start fighting to win because mm -hmm. i get to i think especially coming from more of that muay thai background um in sport jujitsu versus like jujitsu for mma mm -hmm. uh, it's points and in mma we're not fighting for points we want to go for a finish we want to go for a knockout we want to go for a submission or a tko mm -hmm. and that's something that I've really been working on. Like it, it took a, a second for it to kind of click. Like, what does she mean by that? And then I was like, why? Oh, I, I see it. Yeah. How did you feel about that loss to ADM? Um, I always mess up her name. She's another one. It's like, I have to hear that. Adian <laughs> Gomes. How did you, how did you um, feel coming off of that fight, that, that decision? Um, you know, I, um, that was a hard one because I trained really hard for that fight. I knew it was going to be really tough, um, but I just didn't, the first round and a half, I just didn't stick to my plan. You know, as soon as I, like, uh, I was doing well in the stand-up, and then as soon as I got taken down, I just, I didn't really do a whole lot. I realized, like, oh, she's, she's heavy on top. Like, she's definitely a, a black belt. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I don't know. I felt like it was a good learning experience, though. I, it's a fight that I would love to redo at some point. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I think we would both like to to redo that fight, but um, I don't know. I think now now it would go a little bit differently, but yeah, it would be nice to see um, a finish. You know, like a, a nice little either you know a, something like you you've had you know one of the one of the fights that I watched was oh gosh what was the girls um, your second to last it was Helena um, yeah. Kolsnick and 
you armbarred her. And I just, it struck me as a little hilarious because they, they were saying in, you, I don't know if you've watched your own fights, but in the comments, they were talking about, yeah, she's trained with, you know, she's been a sparring partner for, for Ronda Rousey. And there you go. And you finish her with the brutal arm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> I didn't know too much about her. Like I had heard that she had trained judo yeah, and I she always went for like some weird little headlock when she went into the clinch, but I was like, it makes it so easy to take you down and get to side. And yeah, her ground game was just weird. Really? It was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was, it, it was nice to see you get the finishes and then the, the, the knockout against uh, Christina Barry, you know, like, you know, doing the, you know, just knocking her out. It's like, okay, this is, you know, do you feel like um, now going into some of your other fights, especially if, you, you know, I'm going to just say when you're on the tough show. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping when we're all hoping. Um, when you're on the tough show, it's like, are you going to be looking more for the finishes? You know, it, you're well-versed, you know how to finish on the ground and you know how to finish standing up. Um, do you typically now when you're sparring, do you think that, are you training for that with, you know, some of the advice that you've gotten from some of the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, the senior, the, you know, like the, the, the fighters that have been around for a while that have been in the game for a while. Yeah. And especially cause the fights in the house are typically two rounds mm -hmm. and might have to fight the next week or two weeks later. So, uh, um, definitely the, the less damage you can take and the less time you're in the cage and those fights probably is for the best. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely saying that, um, I'll probably be looking to, to finish the fight as soon as possible in the house. I think that's a good, good place to be, you know, like in a good mindset to have before going in, into a fight. So here's a, a bit of a question. What, what keeps you up at night? You know, like something that, you know, like just... You're like, oh, thinking about it all the time. Is there anything? Oh, that's a good question. Food? Food a lot. I want to eat. What kind yeah. of food? What kind oh, my. Of food? I love it. And it's funny because I, so I think it was my second pro fight. I fought Nico Montano, Montano um, who's now, she won the, the flyweight uh, tough season. We both have a thing for Sour Patch Kids. Oh, it's like and the Sour Patch Watermelons. Those are like the greatest things ever. But <laughs> any like Swedish fish, got any sort of like sour gummy thing and yeah. So if, if anybody hears this, you know, people hear this and after your fight and they want to get in good with you, they should have a pack of <laughs> sour patch. Sour patch not the strawberries, because I don't put, they taste like cough syrup. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow. And um, what is, what has been your, your greatest challenge dealing with, say, fear? Any fears either in the fight game or even outside in daily life? Um, I think I've had to get over the fear of kind of what other people think of me. And, uh, um, I don't know why it used to bother me so much. If I was like, Oh, so-and-so doesn't like me or so, or I don't know. And I don't know if it's just age or, or what exactly it was, but a couple of years ago, I was finally like, you know what, 
if this person doesn't like me, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't have to affect my day-to-day -day routine, but I used to, yeah, I used to, like, really um, dislike when, when people didn't like me, or if I felt like I let somebody down, like, or if I lost a fight and, you know, I thought my, my coach was going to be disappointed in me, mm -hmm. and, you know, especially doing the Muay Thai tournament, so you're there can only be one winner in a tournament. And, you know, so I took some losses there and I realized like people aren't disappointed in your losses. As long as you trained hard, went out and gave it your all and you didn't quit. Um, just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I've kind of learned to, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good quality to have as you get, as, as you, you know, um, actually when, when you're in the limelight is to have that because there, there are, you know, um, people who are going to hate, you yeah. know, people that are going to love you, but then there's going to be, you're going to have your haters and, and, uh, to have a, a bit of a thick skin is yeah. needed in your profession for sure. Yeah, You can't be up at night worried about what uh, some Twitter troll commented because i i used to go well okay every once in a while i'll get bored and i'll go back and forth with some of them or i'll troll them back mm. but uh, for the most part if somebody if you post a picture and someone's like you look like a man it's like i don't care if you think i look like a man mm. <laughs> whatever speaking of um we started on uh hairstyles and stuff and you have kind of like a very awesome hairstyle like you have the one side shaved and then it comes over and then you have the blue in it yeah it's i can't tell now but you you your hairstylist does a great job how how did you find a hairstylist that does cool stuff with you and kind of knows how to handle say you know, like if your hair is long you know you you're doing brazilian jiu-jitsu you get like pulls and yeah. Yeah, you know, like has that, has that helped? <laughs> it has helped. Um, so I'm actually sponsored by a salon, Bourbon and Beau Salon over in um northeast Minneapolis. And uh, she's just always kinda I've always kind of went in and told her what I want and I started off with um an undercut. Because mm -hmm. like those back hairs, man, those hurt to have pulled out and they were always getting caught in people's gloves in the clinch or like people would kneel on it in jujitsu and I was like, All right, let's just Let's just shave that off. Let's get let's get rid of it. And then um and then we're like, okay, we did that. And then she's really known for, for her work with color too. And mm -hmm. so we're like, oh, okay, we're gonna put some blue in there. We've done like pink and we've done she did a really cool one that it looked almost like an oil slick. Oh like wow. Purple and green and bluish. Um, but then I was like, Well, what about the people that have like the side of their head shaved? And I and like I have a little like I think they call it a little colic over on the side here and it always just drove me nuts. And I was like, so what if we could shave that off too? <laughs> and you know, she kind of looked at me like I was nuts at first and she's like, all right, we'll try it. And you know, so, I, I wanted So you did the design work and she just followed through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she made it look nice. Cause that, yeah, she didn't always uh, like all of my ideas, but <laughs> But yeah, for the most part, she's she's been really good. The color is usually all her idea, though. Um, but no, I'm growing it back now, just for something different. And so now I have my little, I call it my side bush. <laughs> I have a side bush and a little back bush back here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, if you, once you're on the tough show, we'll look for some, some maybe some cool hairdos that you can trend to all the uh, other Amis that are coming up or all the other people that are training jujitsu, all the other women that are doing that. And they're like, I can't stand my hair, you know, because it's getting pulled out here and there. So uh, it, could you share a story where you felt inadequate or where you were told no because you were a woman? And then how did you handle that? Uh, I don't know. Um, might not be exactly what you're looking for, but even so every day in training, and it was so weird because um, when I was out in Vegas, Chris Cyborg uh, invited everybody who tried out. She invited us all to her sponsor's place at the protein house for dinner. And we all went there. And she was talking about, you know, it's hard training as a woman because, you know, people in your gym, they want to be friends with you and you can tell like they kind of respect you and whatnot. But if you're the only girl training, you can guarantee you're probably always going to be the last one to be picked for a partner. So true. You're in the group of three, you're going to be the one left out and people, you know, I've seen guys like look at each other like, well, if we switch partners, one of us is going to have to go with her. And let's just go again. You know, I, they think you don't see it. You see it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough where, um, I don't see it all that often in my gym. Most of the people, most of the guys know me and know that I'll get really mad at them <laughs> if, they, if I catch them doing that. But, um, to hear that it even happens to someone like cyborg, it's like, dang guys, that stop being such ass hat. And, uh, it, well, you know, what they don't understand is it's a great opportunity for them to fine-tune their skills because they have to go against maybe a lighter opponent and they, they have to slow things down sometimes, not with all, you know, not with all women or whatever fighters, but they do have to um, be more aware of what they're doing. And, and two, I mean, if, if they're going to be kind of jerky and try to muscle you and and, and, you know, do something like what happened to Tanya Evinger uh, this past year. Um, you know, that, that, that absolutely makes no sense. Nobody's learning anything. You're, you're still in a position where you're learning unless you are, you know, say in the shark tank and you're training for a fight and your coach is throwing in, you know, another opponent and keeping things live for you. Um, you know, that's a different thing happening altogether. So why a... a you know, we're still feeling that in the fight gym is, is kind of, you know, a little weird because there are more women in the gyms now for sure. I can't even believe yeah. it compared to when I started. Yeah. Even in um, jujitsu, I remember like when I first started, I was almost, almost always the only girl in class. And now there's sometimes, um, especially at night, the bigger classes, I mean, we get two, three, sometimes four other girls and it's good to see, but you still see that um, the guys don't want to train with. I mean, the guys have gotten a lot better about wanting to train with me, mm -hmm. but I see them avoiding the other girls, and it still makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> they want to learn, too, and yeah, it's really, well, I guess you should, I could say you see the guys who don't want to roll with them at all, and then you see the guys that look at them thinking, oh, here's a ch my, my chance to kick some butt, <laughs> and you see them. Them and you're like, what in the world? There is this 200 pound man attacking this 140 pound woman. Like, <laughs> I don't know. 
It is a little weird. I, although I have to say it has come a long way since like, you know, in the last 10 plus years, it, it's definitely changed a lot where women are on fight teams now where they weren't at all on the fight teams, um, which is a huge thing. And, um, and there's more women coming up and, and they're getting into the, the game a little bit more quicker, I guess, a lot quicker. So, uh, you know, if, if, do you see yourself as a, you know, now where you've had the Invicta experience and you're kind of, you know, you're, 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 you're still rise here, but do you see yourself as a role model for women coming up now? Um, yeah, but it kind of surprised me because um, when I see other women who are also professionals, but they only have a couple of fights and, you know, they ask for advice or they say like, hey, I'm making my Invicta debut. Like, what can I look forward to? And I'm like, me? You're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> but, uh, but that's also like, oh, you know, I do have some things that I can tell them. Like, <laughs> But it, yeah, it's a little weird, but you know, at the same time, like, it's cool. So this is great. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And, and uh, I, I do wish you, I, so, you know, like I, seeing you on Tough will be great. We'll be hopefully seeing you on the next um, season and uh, with, with some wins and, and all that. Um, but um any uh, any parting words, or did you want to give a shout out to anyone um, as we sign before we sign off? Um, well, maybe I'll just give a shout out to my sponsors, uh, both Fighter Alias and Musky Frenzy Lures. They helped me get out to Vegas for the tough tryouts. Uh, the Bourbon and Bow Salon for my crazy hairdo. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota Motorsports. Um, I, um, and then Lock and Fitness and Fourth Right Fitness and my all my team at the Cellar Gym. They're all amazing. And my dogs. You know, they always have my back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you coming on. And once again, we w I, I wish you well um, with uh, Tough 28 and um hopefully they, they they're giving you a call soon and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing you on the next ultimate fighter show yeah thank you and thank you very much for having me you're so welcome <laughs> so wow that was pam bam Sorensen. and uh if if uh, some of you ladies out there if you're looking for a new hairdo and you're in her area you can go check out her her uh, hairdresser because she's got like some funky dudes, man. It, it, I can totally see a lot of a lot of uh, ladies out there rocking that hairstyle. But um, hopefully, we'll see her on uh, the next season of Tough. That would be awesome. Thank you, Pam, for being on the show. So, if you like what you heard today and are eager to hear more, remember to subscribe, download on iTunes. And um, drop us a line or leave a review. Let us know how we were doing. And, you know, give us some thumbs up, though, please. <laughs> Send me something in a private message if it isn't good. And then um, uh, you can also check out the blog at evolvewmma.com or simply follow us at facebook.com backslash I love WMMA. This is Shelly Devine. Until next time. 
Thanks for listening.